Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Fighting Cock, Series 13, Episode 37. Look at that, Series number, Episode number, right straight away. And you're all thinking, oh, where's Flav? Where is he? I don't even know where he is, actually, but... um... I'm hosting today, Alex from Bristol, and I've I've nailed that season and episode number straight away. It's not that difficult. Uh, I'm joined by Spooky, Felonious Filth. How are you, boys? <laughs> good, good, all good. good all like good, all good. Laughing straight away. Uh, yeah, bold it's intro. Been a, it's been a bit of a... Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's excellent. It's been a bit of a surreal weekend. First of all, before we get on to... Um, to yesterday, we had the very sad news of Terry Venables passing away, aged eighty. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm probably My a bit too shot. young, really, to to avoid your. Yeah, well, tell us, Spooky. Give us, give us a an initial. It was exciting times, man. Memory, it was exciting times. LTL arriving uh, to Tottenham, Gaza, Paul Stewart, like big signings. Post 1987, when we when like the last great Spurs team didn't win anything, kind of fell apart. Um, it took us a while to get going, but you know, it, it's you look back to that, to that, to the early nineties. <laughs> last time we won an FA Cup, do you know what I mean? So it's, it's the type of memories that, for me, are incredibly personal. I remember the semi-final, the cup final, the whole cup run. Um, it was a special time. The football was great. Eltel, you know, Terry Terry Venables was an ex Spurs player, right? And they played for them a lot as well, Chelsea. But um, yeah, he's just. He's someone that you can you can compare to, I guess you know prime Pochettino before he tainted his legacy, and and even Ange Postecoglou now, you know what you saw, saw is what you got, and you felt a, a genuine, sincere connection with the guy. Um, uh, and yeah, I mean for me as well, I stood outside the high court, smashing up Amstrad computers. Uh, in support of Terry Venables, even though it turned out he was the one in the wrong, but fucking hell. Um, yeah, man, it's it, it ages me massively. I, I realise I'm an old git. Um, but, um, and again, for England, I'm sure T's got a few opinions, but it was a, you know, Euro 96 was a fucking great tournament uh, for, for England. Should have won it probably, but, you know, came unstuck as per usual. Um, it's a great miss, a legend. T. How about you, T? Yeah, absolute, absolute legend, man. Um, you know, and what we kind of forget about when you talk about Dave Venables is that we had um, David Pleat, who um, reached the FA Cup final, Hoddle's best season, Clive Allen's best season, and then, you know, he got sacked early the following season. So Venables took over a bit of an uncertain time because um, David Pleat kind of broke up the early 80s team and, you know, Pleat had a bit of success. And then um, Venables comes in, you know, obviously ex-Barcelona as well. Mm. And, you know, we got third place, our last major trophy win with him as well. And then um, the glorious summer of Euro 96. So um, he sorely missed, and, um, you know, I think within football, apart from maybe Alan Sugar, not many people got a bad word to say about him, and that's, that's quite telling. Does it make you two feel old? I mean, I'm quite young, but you two are like a rocket in towards, like, 
you know, middle age and stuff. And like Terry Venables is the first memory I really have of, I was, I was 10 in Euro 96 and it makes me feel old. So God knows what it makes you two feel like. <laughs> it's just like a throwback to, um, it just makes me age think about how much. It, it, it is. And, and, and often you look back at nostalgia and you look back at the past and in like, there's a lot of romance about how football was back then, but then you kind of realise you probably do prefer the way football is today, even with all the all its faults and, and the rest of it. But it does hark back to a different age when it, things were a bit more simple. But Spurs were unbelievably mediocre for a long fucking time. And, <laughs> and, and some of the bright spots were provided by, by Terry Venables and the players that we had you know, in those patches in the early 90s until you know, the dark age of the 90s kind of kicked in and, and we were we were pretty shit for a very long time well i mean speaking of a more simpler time before we get into the game on sunday right i want to ask both of you this general question so not a too long answer but just in general would you rather us lose to villa playing like that or a conte or jose second half where we would have got a point which would you prefer Go on to you go first. Spooky. Oh, okay, bloody hell, you really are the host. Um, <laughs> Get on with it. I, I would prefer to lose the game playing the way that we did because you know that the football will improve vastly when the players come back and when we add more quality players to the football. So A, we're going to be more entertaining and we're going to be more swaggering and more pulsating and we will tear teams apart. Whereas I think, looking back at Conte, looking back at Mourinho, kind of got away with it for a long, long period of time. And, we, and the thing is, all we ever did back then was, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get better. It's going to improve. It's going to get better. We're going to be really, really good. Just we, It never happened. Um, so definitely lose against Villa playing the way we're playing. Makes me a happy clapper. So be it. Because this is what the narrative has been. Like I've listened to you know radio stations and the, and the bit after. It's like, oh, Andrew's bound, he's got to have to change. He's got to have to find a plan B. Uh, T at some point, but wouldn't you rather this? You know, after the couple of years that we've just had, we played really well yesterday. I thought I didn't really have any complaints. I mean, how do you feel about losing and, and playing like that? Or would you have rather seen us kind of tightened up, you know, before just at half time and onwards? I think T might have momentarily talk talk about old man syndrome. I think he's momentarily oh, okay. lost his his mic. But you're right, mate. I mean. Plan B. What, what was? What would the plan B be yesterday? Other than well, this is my point. Like I don't, of, you know, yeah, I, I don't know and... what. The, yeah, I don't know what the thing would be. I mean, before the game, let's. I mean, let's let's start from the beginning. I mean, when you see the starting mm. lineup, I was I was really impressed. I watched the game with Bardi at his house. Very kindly hosted me. It was lovely. Um, but I I saw the the when I got to Bardi's and he told me what the lineup was. You know, I was like, fucking hell, that. That's brilliant. Like, yeah. uh, you know, go for it. I don't want to see that death triangle of Davis and Hoiberg and, <laughs> and Dyer. We've done this. We've done this over and over again. Like, I just, give me something else. So I was really impressed with the starting lineup. Uh, and I after, it was only after the game that I looked on social media to see what people's thoughts were on the game, on the starting lineup, sorry. And I was really surprised at how many people were like, fuck, you know, what's he doing? I mean, would you have, changed, would you have had any different in that starting lineup, if you're honest, at the beginning? I think T's back now. T. Yeah, sorry. I thought it was a brave starting lineup. To be fair, and um, I think him not picking Dar speaks speaks volumes that he's having. You know, full full backs and in uh, central in defence. 
But um, I was quite happy about it. And um, I mean, I think alluding to your question earlier on, I mean, I left the stadium today um, yesterday and I wasn't angry. I mean, it was frustrating to lose a game. Mm. But there's no anger. I remember this last season just feeling completely listless when you lost games. And um, we lost yesterday trying to win. You know, we tried to win the game, even when we were 2-1 down. I still thought we can get a goal back. And um, some of the football in the first half was breathtaking. But um, I think it was good to see um, Lacelso come back in. I mean, there's, he split the fans right down the middle. And, you know, we ended up having a good game. Um, Brian Hill, um, almost a forgotten man. He was all right, a bit frustrating. But I think the starting lineup just showed that he's got, a, he's got bollocks. And um, I think the Wolves game probably kind of um, was a death knell for, for Dyer. And... And to be fair, Benton Corn never got injured. We may not have even seen Hoybier either. So, yeah, I mean, I saw the line and I thought, let's have a fucking go. Let's let's have it. We'll, we'll get to Lacelso and, and Hill in a minute. But I thought um, it's a great point you make about the whole not feeling angry afterwards. Like usually, after like after the Wolves game, I was I was a little angry, and I wouldn't have been able to sit and like listen to talk sport or whatever. You know, where you go about your day over the next coming days and listen to to content about about Tottenham I, I couldn't do it after the Wolves game but after that yesterday I was like do you know what other than the second goal which we'll get to you know I, I, was, I was really encouraged by our performance maybe last 10-15 minutes wasn't wasn't great but yeah I wasn't angry at all and you know you've got to remember we are what eight ten weeks into this rebuild after just losing the you know one of the best strikers the Premier League's ever seen with an Incredible injury list, which I, you know, look, Newcastle was suffering with injuries. Chelsea have been decimated a bit this year as well. United haven't had the same back four all year. Everyone gets it, but the difference is you take those core players out of us and we go from nine out of 10 to six out of 10, but still be able to put in what I would probably say is a seven, eight out of 10 performance, you know, above, you know, the sum of the parts. And, and that's, that's why really encouraging. Yeah, that, that, that that's, the, that's the magic ingredient, right? Because you, you you want real hope and you want real belief and you want tangible evidence that we are going to evolve into a better team. And we've seen that. You know, the first 10 games of the season, unbeaten. And, you know, you could argue or you could have a little debate around, well, were we getting away with it here and there? Maybe a bit lucky, but you kind of you kind of graft your own luck in this game, right? But you could see how we weren't at our full capacity at very, very early days. And even with a decimated team, Ignoring Wolves, which, which I think came too early after the, the Chelsea implosion, um, the Villa game just showed you that there is a system, there is a culture, there is a philosophy. Everyone buys into it, even the, the, the guys on the bench. And they came on. And some of the football was, some, like, as T said, some of the best I've seen from Tottenham this season, like pockets of, of play, proper imagination and vision. And we had no Madison out there. Do you know what I'm saying? We, had, we, we, we missed that creative spark. And yet we were still producing really, really, really good football. And on another day, we're, we're winning that 3 or 4 nil, right? You've got Kane up front. Is there I mean, too many... Yeah. Spooky, though. Is, is, is there too many of, over the last... Is there been too many of these days where, you know, we are creating chances, but we're also missing a lot of chances? There's a few games now where we could be two, three, you know, Goals to their goals to good. I mean, this is the third game yeah. on the trot now where we've lost it after being one nil up, and arguably in all three games we should have been two three nil up. Um, yeah. uh, is that a worry for you? Yeah, it, it, it's. I'd, I'd be more worried if we weren't creating chances. I know that's a, that's like a, a pretty standard uh, answer to your question. If we weren't creating, like, not to go into xG stats, but we are creating lots and lots of chances. What we're not getting right is. Uh, the movement, the offside, 
perhaps some of the decision making. I mean, you saw it with Johnson, Bry Hill, maybe that last that last second where you 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 instinctively you should shoot and try and score. They're overthinking it in that second, as footballers can do. And they, they look for the square pass when maybe they should have just gone for the kill. So there's little things that just need a bit more finesse, a little bit they need to be a little bit more cleaner. Those are positive negatives. You know, they're they're negatives in that they're costing us goals and points and wins, but they they're easily fixed because you look at the quality of players um that we will have come back and the players that are playing out there at the minute, and we will find a way. We just need we just need general evolution in every window, right? We've got to do that as a general rule of thumb. Like every team's got to do that. But I'm not worried, you know, and that's not me being happy clappy. It's me looking at what we're doing, what we're producing, what the manager, what Angie's saying and what he's, what his players are doing on the pitch. And that's enough for me. Um, even if we, <laughs> if we lose the next game and the game after that, it's going to look really bad on paper. But my eyes are telling me something completely different. So. Buckle up, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. T, how did you feel when you saw Benton Cook get kind of nailed by Matty Cash? Matty Cash again, by the way. Oh, prick. It's a villain, isn't he? Um, you know, villain by, you know, with his club and that. I was, I was fucking devastated because um, it felt that he started to get a bit tentatively. I think he's, um, I think the injury took playing on his mind a little bit for me. Um, I think after about ten minutes, him and Lascelles have got a bit of an understanding. The lovely little movements in you know in the in the area in front of the mm. defenders, and um, he was really starting to make make headways in there. And um, uh, it was it was really upsetting. I mean, we'd gone a goal up. I thought we could have gone two or three more up as well. Um, and I was devastating, but it's not his knee; it's his ankle that that's hurt. So hopefully, he gets a speedy recovery. But um, no, I was I was fucking gutted, mate. Well, Bard- Bardi and I both kind of agreed that as soon as Bentoncourt went off, we kind of, I don't know whether you say lost our way a little bit, maybe felt sorry for ourselves a bit, but, you know, obviously Hoiberg came on and, uh, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I thought Hoiberg was absolutely awful. Awful. Um, that might have been just because I was watching <laughs> it with Bardi. But it was, you know, there was just such a sea change in it and we ended up with that, with Hoiberg sitting in front of Royale and, and Davis and as much as I actually thought Ryan Davis did okay, uh, part second goal besides, um, it, it just harks back to the gap between those, you know, you know, arguably world class starters to what we have underneath is 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 just it's too big, it's too big, you know. And if if Benzikar is um, out for a period of time, that's that's really really frustrating, hugely unlucky. And you know, I thought Matty Cash could have gone for that. You know, it's I saw someone I saw a couple of Villa fans tweet in that, you know, Spurs fans been praising those sorts of tackles from Porro and Romero all season. Uh and then it happens to them. But that that tackle wasn't putting a marker down. That tackle wasn't winning the ball and then leaving a little bit on afterwards just to be like, hey, look, you know, you're in for one today. That was just pretty cowardly, lazy. Yeah, cynical. Just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought he could have gone for that, but you know maybe that's a bit of bias sneaking through. But yeah, I felt it really dropped off after after Benton Curl went up, and that's let's let's just hope and and see what we what we find out more about that. Um, <laughs> did you did you see R- R- Romero in the dugout? 
when Vince yeah. Ford came off. <laughs> it was like, yeah. Like, Matty Cash is dead meat, man. He better, he better just miss the, the Villa return game. There's just no point in him playing because you want to put a marker down. Uh, Romero's going to be putting a, a fucking concrete of, of a marker on uh, Matty Cash's uh, body in that game. Is it is it just me? But I don't remember I mean, a huge amount of time of players like being sat on the bench like that. Like Romero was there, Madison was there. They were all like sat on the bench or stood up next to the bench, like all all you know dressed, ready to ready to have some on the tiles afterwards. And I, I don't remember them sitting on the bench like that before. Love it, man. Do you? Nothing to complain about isn't it. But you're right. I don't think they. No, no, I just wondered. That's just the first time I've seen it. Yeah, you're right because he was in jeans, right? It wasn't like he was in the. He was. Uh, yes. He's uh, paint splattered, he paint splattered jeans, paint splattered jeans as well. Like it was like 1999. Love it. Tommy Robinson vibes. <laughs> I don't know what I meant by that. He's not Romero's definitely not a massive racist, but anyway, we move. All right. Well, let's change the subject, uh, and I want I want you to talk to me about. Um, all right, well, let's, let's, let's do it now, then. Let's talk about Giovanni Lo Celso, for fuck's sake. Um, I'll let you two go first before... It says here in the running order, whoever's written this, is that I need to apologise, which is not going to happen, but we'll let Spooky talk first about... All right, you're going to need to explain why Celso. I don't want to apologise, but um, is, is Gio good? I'll get to that. Um, well, that's the question Gio we had good? from Ryan yeah. Holmes. Well, look, he, I know he's good. I know he's a good footballer. He must be. He must be if he's played for Argentina and Messi loves him, right? Okay. But that, that's not the question of, the, of, of, on Gio. The question on Gio is whether he can actually play more than two games at any given time. Whether his heart is actually in, not just Tottenham, but in England. And I, I love the fact that he scored. Took a little bit of a deflection, but, you know, it was, it, it, it was a great effort. Deserved the goal. The celebration... Very, um, like an emotional outpouring, right? Um, and technically, you can see that he's a good player. He's, he's not. He's not the greatest midfielder, but for me, it's it's seeing consistency from the guy. And I've never there was a patch under Mourinho where he might have played a few games and looked okay, respectable. But we want we want to see someone that we can depend on. Like if you compare him to what he's done, to what Madison has uh, has done, Madison's output in a short space of time, it's not comparable. Now I'm not saying he's ever going to be at Madison's level because Madison is he can talk fluent English and you know he's got that extra connection with the supporters and the rest of it. But you feel with Madison in the team, Spurs are going to be on it. They're going to create. He might score with Gio. You're kind of just wondering like, what are we going to get because there's no real tapestry of work like you can look back on and say this is what he can offer us it's just all theoretical so is he good yes is he is he good enough for Tottenham that's up to him let's just stay fit man is all I've got to say and we also had a question from uh, Craig Harlow at Harlow C on, on Twitter that says <laughs> La Celso Renaissance so it's, it's amazing how quick football can can turn man T are we going to see a renaissance is this is is he you know, is he the second coming? I mean, something I noticed about him um, is that um, the way in which he receives a ball, I think that can be easily defended against. I think if he gets a run of start, I can see him being suppressed in that way. And that, um, he's very one-footed. And sometimes he'll do um, a Zoolander turn, like 
was it like a three quarter turn just to get on his left foot. So that's a bit of an issue. Just slow the game down a bit. But I think um, that performance is needed from Lascelles, so needed from a Spurs point of view as well. I mean, we don't have a lot for lap with Madison, but I think Lascelles having a good game was massive for us because I mean, we missed Basuma and um, Saar. That was last minute that Saar was missing as well. So I think that performance is very, very necessary from Lascelles. And, um, and yeah, it's encouraging. Um, Renaissance. Um, I don't think he'll ever get back to the COVID NHS era of Celso, but it was, he can still do a job. He can still <laughs> fill in. I um, I thought he was man of match. To be honest, I thought sounds like uh, an apology. He made well. Let's get there, but he made he made numerous kind of almost kind of like thief like tackles on the edge of the box. He has that kind of style of of tackling where he's just like a little woodpecker like his foot's like a little woodpecker just tip tap tapping away like around the corner just to try and get any type of touch on it and he and he did that a few times and did well he made a couple of nice blocks spread the play quite nicely I, I, I thought he was really good and I, I've got no issue my issue with Lacelso has always been that I don't know where the confidence in him being able to do certain things had come from because as you mentioned Spook it, it's about this consistency but him having a, a big game is huge for us because he, you know, like it or not, he is the only replacement really that we have for for Madison. And you know, there's a lot of talk about Donnelly, but you know, it's a it's a big ass to be throwing him in, you know, in these these well versed Premier League teams. But yeah, I, I thought he played really well. My thoughts on this were are also that when he's doing well, if he has a good start, first five ten minutes, good start, I feel like then he can push on from that. If if he doesn't, I feel like he kind of just reverts into himself and feels a bit sorry for himself and just disappears. And I think that's what happened before he, you know, for the 10, 15 minutes before he went off, maybe. But I thought he played really well. I'm not apologising yet. Ben Davis did it for a year before I stood on my little pedestal and said sorry twice. Um, <laughs> so he's got a lot. He's got a long way to go. Uh, but no, I, I, I thought he was I thought he was mad. I think I stand a bit, man. Brian Hill. Who else do you think was up there, though, Alex? Uh, I thought Ben Davis played well. Again, we're asking him to play in a position that he doesn't play in massively regularly. I know he's got experience there for for Wales, but he was asked, you know, playing next to Royale. You know, we, you know, one of the things we've got on the running order is did we play well with four fullbacks, you know, defending and. And really, I thought we did for the most part. The second goal was ridiculous, but that was just as much Hoiberg and, and Lacelso as it was the two centre halves. They just passed through very, very easily. We looked knackered the last kind of twenty minutes. So I think the only but Lacelso Davis to oh Porro obviously Porro was really really good as well. Um, but yeah, it could have been between Lacelso and Porro for me. I don't know if you feel anyone else stood out. That's fair. That's fair. Good. That's what I like to hear. So no apology just yet, but we'll, you know, we'll get there. What did you think of Brian Hill? Because Bardi and I had a conversation where we both really like him and he does nice stuff, but he's like 5% off being actually effective. Like does all the stuff where it looks like he's about to be really effective, but then doesn't quite do it. That's it's like the I'm body at. weight, isn't it? I, th I think he's just... I don't know, man. He just—he's a little bit too small, maybe, or or maybe it's the decision making again. Once he's inside the box, because he keeps hold of the ball really well, right? He flows with the ball really well. He's quite fluid. He's tricky. 
You know, his footballing ability with his feet is not, I don't think it's, it's questionable. But obviously, footballers have all got natural, well, most of them do anyway, natural control. It's just what you do, it's what you're doing with your head, right? It is when you're releasing the ball and, and the runs that you're, you're making. I think he'd done everything fine up until he got into the box. And then maybe he wasn't as as clean and tidy as we would have liked him to be. But also, at the same time, he's a fucking small little thing as well. Do you know what I'm saying? He's just so tiny compared to the other footballers. Um, so I don't know. I, I didn't hate See, him. See, it's interesting. I was, it... I was just going to say, mate... I, I saw some bizarre, almost uh, offended Tottenham supporters on social media, as you know, that's where they all live. Um, that he's uh, he's shit and he's wasteful and should never play again. And and I'm like, wow, we're all watching the same thing, but we really do differ on our perspective. So I don't know. I don't dislike the guy. I I have sympathy for that narrative because. As much as you can't fault his work ethic, you can't fault his technical ability, but at some point, there's got to be some end product. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that's goals. I'm not even necessarily saying that's assists. Even if it's the assist before the assist, we've seen it sporadically. And I know he doesn't play too much, and I'd like to see him have a run of games. But, you know, T talked about fraud watch. He's definitely on my fraud watch list. Um <laughs> Because I don't know yet. Should I feel the same way about Lascelles, about uh, Brian Hill as I do about Lascelso? Because it's essentially it's the same problem. Um, I mean, you're so I don't right, know, but I'm willing. To, I'm willing to stick with him. I mean, you are correct. It is about end product, right? Because otherwise, what's the point in in anyone if they're not producing what they're meant to produce in in the in the discipline in the in the responsibility they have in the team? Um, has he played enough games? Like Gio, has he has he had enough opportunity to prove he does have end product? I don't I don't know. I, I, for me, like you know what I'm like, I'm I'm not someone who's who's hateful from the off because I just think occasionally you know if a player's just not good enough, right? Or he's never going to offer a different dimension. Like the Viking is the perfect example. You know what you're going to get from him. He can be quite disciplined coming off the bench sometimes late in games, but he's not going to offer you anything near. Uh, the the variety and 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 the, the ability that the the rest of the midfielders have. Um, if it's coaching with Brian Hill, if it's when to release the ball, when to cut the ball across, when to when to shoot, when to go onto his other foot, blah 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 blah. He can be coached into doing that, possibly, perhaps. That's, I don't know. That's but. my that's my issue. T is that my issue was not with the physicality. But there was a couple of times where he laid off a ball when perhaps he should have took a shot with his right foot or his weaker foot. It it was it it wasn't the size thing yesterday. It wasn't the physicality. It was the decision making. I don't know how if you if you feel the same or where, is it is it just because he's a pathetic weed that we need to sell ASAP? T felonious. Oh, he's gone again. All right, we'll wait for him to come back. It's fine. Uh, speaking of, um, Kulisesi came out with some comments after the game, Spook. Um, yeah. But before I get to that, is is he another one that is uh, not not doing his best for us? I thought he played well yesterday, but he's got to be scoring that one that he hit the post with. That's it, that's it, mental it, how he didn't score. Yeah, that. I, I mean that that is pretty unbelievable. Um, it's just un, he's un, un, he's just been unlucky because I don't uh, think that's unlucky. 
he's not hit it the way. I mean, this is this is me sitting on a chair recording a podcast, think, you know, believing that I know how to finish the bo- a, a, a ball in a Premier League football game, like in that moment. Yes, I guess a player of his ability, we know he can score. We know that he 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 was far more. Cons- it's weird with him, right? Because he was a far more consistent goal scorer, perhaps um, under Conte, and then he had that dip. And then he kind of changed the way he played. And then there were question marks about him. I think now, I think he's phenomenal. I think his work rate, he never stops. He, he's, he makes things happen. He, he's brilliant on the ball. He gets past defenders time and time again. You know, and, and it's just, if he, can, if he can just find that, whether it's confidence, whether it's, it's just being a bit more selfish in the moment, if he can just find that goal scoring, um, kind of knack to his his uh, you know his ability. Um, then we've got some player there. We've got the player that we we know that he can be and should be. You know the way he used to cut in into the penalty area and curl 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 a shot. You know across to the far corner. I'd rate him, and I think he's one of our better performers. But he's probably doing a lot of the the work that um, is it comes under grafting more than it comes under you know, kind of glory at the minute anyway. Do you not feel the same? I think he's, I think he's fantastic. Okay. I think he's fantastic. And I I love him, but no, no, he's he's not back yet. We'll come to that. I I think, I think that is, is fantastic. And and he, he was probably a goal away yesterday from being absolutely by far the man of a match. But there's a few chances now in the last few games that he's, that he's not put away at, at important times. But it's hard to criticise because like the one where he hit the post, the touch to bring it inside was just masterful and get the shot mm. off in the first place. But but he's got to be scoring that. And, you know, he's actually his goal rate in the last um in the last few games or in the last period of of, uh, of games has not has not been has not been great. But um in terms of in terms of performance and effectiveness, just just brilliant. Um we'll talk, I wanna read you what he said. Okay, go. On. Yeah, let me let me read you what he said, and then we'll react All to right. it. I think uh, we've got a replacement in the room. Let's see. <laughs> so, um, Deki said, "I really hope the fans stay with us because we will win in the future if we continue to play like this. It's important that we stay together. Everybody in this club and outside is not important. It's not important what anybody else says. Inside, everybody needs a positive energy and help us players because we will bring them happiness. We played unbelievably in the first thirty minutes." unbelievably fantastic from everybody when you play like that you want to win but this is the way we have to continue so you know i think we're all i think we're all agreed and it's pretty evident that that all of the players believe in this approach that postacoglu is putting into them um but like i said it we need um we need players like him to 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 pitch up you know he's he's Um, how old is he, Alex? He's like he's, a, he's under oh, 23. twenty-five, right? Yeah, 25. right. He's a young guy, but already yeah. he just he just he just seems so more mature and experienced than you. Than you kind of forget how young he is, basically. And that's not to say, you know, he can get away with hitting the, the post when he should have, you know, netted netted the goal with far more comfort. Um, but it just this is where I well, this is where I get confidence from. Like our players are expressive. They're emotional. They're enjoying their football. They're expansive, uh, and and these are all good things. Obviously, if there's no improvement individually or collectively after a, 
after a, a fair chunk of the season or, or into next season, then you can start questioning, well, why aren't, why aren't we moving on? Why aren't we evolving? But those conversations are daft. They're stupid to be had right now. We, we can see w- what our strengths are collectively and individually, and we can see where our weaknesses are. And I think there's nothing that we've seen that can't be fixed. And a lot of it comes down to form, comes down to synergy of the team, the right players in the right positions, more players coming in. Again, I know it's really boring. I'm not saying let's not debate and let's not criticise and let's not be critical. We can do all those things. But, you know, we have to think about the longevity of everything and not the finality off the back of every single game, which people are going to do a lot because they're going to be worried, right? We're going to go up to Man City. Might get tonked. And and then what? It's four on the trot that we've lost. And on paper, that looks fucking awful. But it isn't awful. And that's, you know... That's my philosophical perspective on what it. What a as, load as of rubbish! What we here need, he is. What we need is a new <laughs> coach. We need a new Fuck coach, hell. and to get that fucking smelly wombat out of this football club. I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> this is our own. This is our sub. Like this is this is like substituting T for you is like bringing on Huyberg for Bentacore. It's pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> I think all the listeners will agree with that as well. I'm to joking. be fair. <laughs> I'm, joking, you, I'm joking. No, you've got we you've love got you. stalwart in tea. You know, he's been recording since it was done in the shop, you know, and you bring in some geezer with five wrestling belts to his name, 40-year-old man with five wrestling belts. Um, <laughs> but this is but this is the problem, like yeah. This T's been doing this since like whatever it was. When did we start doing this? 2011 or whatever. And he's mm. still got internet from 2011. <laughs> Fucking sort it out. He's, di- he's dialing up. He's dialing up on the telephone. He's <laughs> literally dialing up on the telephone. Ridiculous. <laughs> well, you Spook, you met. Let's ask Cal then, because Spook, you mentioned about Man City, right? And we got a question from Zeus and said after three losses on the bounce, I'm still excited about the future of this team. Am I batshit crazy for thinking we'll still beat City, Cal? It no. is the most important thing. It's yeah, the most it is. thing, isn't it? Yeah, it really, you're right. And do you know what? I had a, a text earlier from uh, from one of the guys that does Below the Belt with me. He's he's a Scottish guy, so he's he's kind of a Chelsea fan. So he's like a Rangers and Chelsea. Those two ever have, have a relationship, kind of like us with Aberdeen, isn't it? Um, but um, he goes, "How do you feel about Ange? Like you've just lost three games in a row. Don't you think you should be a bit more pragmatic?" And I said, "No." <laughs> absolutely not we've just watched our t- you know a game like manchester city in the last two seasons we would have gone up there and parked the bus wouldn't we especially with a yeah. team like this and we still would have got tonked let's have it right we'd have conceded a, a team like this where, where we're decimated we'd have conceded an early goal and we would have got tonked we're gonna go up there one thing that you know is gonna happen on saturday sunday one of the two um we're gonna go up there we're gonna have a go we're gonna have a right go at them and that's all you can really ask in this situation where we've got all these injuries and they're Manchester City. They're literally playing on an unlevel playing field. Um, that that's all we can really ask is for our players to go up there and give maximum effort and attack. And do you know what it, on, we saw that we'll do, we know that they'll do that 100%. But do you know what it is, Cal? Like, mm. I think because I know people that will want us to go up there and park the bus. They will want us to go out there and be calculated and pragmatic and try the and try and kill the game because a lot of football supporters, and this isn't this isn't just Tottenham supporters, a lot of football supporters obviously don't handle losses in a great way, right? And they they lose face, they're embarrassed by it, etc. Yeah. They get the yeah. flat and they, they they take the flack from 
the media and rival fans really seriously and, and allow it to. And so, in, in a lot of people's heads, it'd be like, we need a point. We should get a point. We should stop the rot, get a point. We should go up there and we should play this type of football. And why can't it's naivety from Antipostokoglu, surely? Like, but it's like, well, hold on a minute. What, what, what you know, you, you can get, you can, you can really break this down into, and I won't do this, Alex. Don't worry. I'm not going to go off into like classic monologue here. But you could say, yeah, fair enough. Let's Good. be pragmatic and get a point. Let's go out there and be boring and get a point. But what Postacoglu is trying to do, in, in, in this is my belief in how he talks about football, is he's building character. But he's, building, he's building a culture of how to approach football generally. And there will be a point in time when we have the players and we have the depth to be able to do this every week. And we will still lose games, right? But we will win most of the games and we will be competitive. And it will be <coughs> we're playing the type of football that if you want to go with tradition and heritage and all the other things that we supposedly Tottenham supporters love, you, you, you're playing to, the, to the, the tune of glory, right? You're playing glory football, swaggering football. Spursy football is what Spursy should be. Socks rolled down and shirts tucked out. That's what we want to see. But obviously, in this day and age, it's, it's pragmatism and it's, it's logic. And we've had four fucking years of that shit. And where did that get us? Absolutely nowhere. And we hated going to Tottenham. So thank you very much. I'd rather run the risk of getting tonked at, Cel uh, at City than going back to that type of football. And again, if that makes me a, a dickhead, pro-Levy, whatever other names people are going to call me, then that's fine. Edward, Heart on sleeve. Loser. Loner. Bring it on. Keep yeah. bringing it. Ball. Keep bringing it. Keep I mean, you are all of those things, but it's... 100%. To, to labour at you just because of those reasons, then you know, is yeah. unfair. We know you're all those things. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I'm sick That's of you fair. coming to Tottenham's rescue and in, in the group chat every 20 minutes. Literally sick of it. But I, I, can't I think help you're right. it, Look, Alex. And the I reason why, <laughs> yeah, I know. But the reason we are all feeling like this, right? It's just it's because of this injury crisis. So can can you remember an injury crisis like this at Tottenham? And, and I, I said at the start that you know, look, Chelsea have had their injuries this year. United haven't had the same back four for God knows how long. So it is happening to everyone and, and it might not just be us, but it does feel like this is that this is mental now. I mean, look, the suspensions, Romero suspension and Basuma suspension hasn't helped us, so we can't really include those. But um, the only time I can remember, do you remember when we went we went away to United and we played with a front two of Rory Allen and Neil Fenn? <laughs> you know, that oh was, my God. That was a is time. Is that FA Cup? That was, I don't think it was, you know. I don't think it was, but... Um, it might have been. I, I can't remember now, but that was a period of time where, you know, that was almost exciting, and I was quite excited yesterday with the starting lineup. Where you know Hill, Lacelso, uh, you know Benton Cook coming back, and him starting with with four fullbacks. You know, no Dyer, no Hoiberg, no Skip. Uh, so some of it is just we're going to just have to roll with this period. You know, like we've gone to games before and conceded five and six to Liverpool when Suarez has taken the piss out of Dawson and stuff, and. You know, when Sherwood was there. And, and that was depressing in an all manner of different way. At least you can be confident in the fact that if we do get tongue to see, it's because we've gone and suck a, stuck a high line on the halfway line or tried to do some, uh, you know, with it. And, and I can kind of deal with that because mm. it makes me feel like there is more of a long-term idea to this. And if we've got to go through these types of games where we might get tongued and everyone will be like, oh my God, I can't believe he's, he's not tweaking it. But it's because we haven't got the personnel to tweak it. And, and one of the things I thought yesterday as well was, do you know what? We would have done, if we'd have done what Conte and Mourinho would have had us do in that second half yesterday, 
right? Or maybe throughout that game with the injuries we had, probably still would have lost it, and we would have been even more miserable <laughs> and pissed off anyway. So at least, at least with this, you know, it, it, at least you can see some light at the end of at the end of the tunnel. But yeah, look, I'm nervous about City. You know, in terms of in terms of it just being a bit of a um, a free for all, but it's also a free hit, man. Yeah. Fucking look, just go to City and just fucking let's just see what happens. It's fun. It's fun not knowing what's going to happen. Fucking go for it. Like just look, play two seven two or whatever it is two seven one whatever. Fucking go for it. But this is just... this is this is it again. Out. It's about. I think that people are living football game to game. And the last result defines everything, not just for, from the season up to this point, but going forward. And it's like, you can't, I know we're desperate. I know the board and Daniel Levy has got a lot to prove. He's got to back Ange Postacoglu. Obviously, he's got to back him. He's got to back him in a way that, that, that fits into what, what Postacoglu wants to do. Postacoglu keeps talking about building a team and getting to, and it's going to take maybe a season or two to get there. And I'm not saying don't get angry. I'm not saying don't get upset. I'm not trying to police people's emotions with this. And I know it probably sometimes sounds that, that, that that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm just saying there's no point getting that fucking angry. Like you could have got that fucking angry under Conte and, and Jose. And it, some people are still supportive of those managers. Apparently, those managers told us how it was and were, you know, dropping truth bombs all the time about the club and the way the club's being run. But they did nothing to prove they understood Tottenham and what we want. And do you get, whereas Postacoglu's come in, you know, as simple as anything and just spoken from the heart and just said, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. This is what I expect. This is what we're going to do. So it's, you know, you, you, you've got to, you just got to take the good with the bad. We were happy to sing songs after games when we were winning, you know, now that we're losing, we turn our backs on them. No. And I think the majority have not done that. I think it's still a very small minority of supporters that are are angry all of the time you know there's nothing that you can you can do to help them so no i think you're right I yeah think it's Cal- how you view kind of life and and view football really i think the way people view spurs is almost a you know a symptom of how some people view life some of us are a glass half full and some of us are a glass you know caught or empty nothing's ever good enough that you know if we was to win the title be like oh but you haven't won the champions league that's just how some people are um I think a couple of th- I think a couple of things here, and again, it goes back to me talking to the Chelsea fan earlier on. I said a couple of things to him. I said, "Well, we've already proved already at the start of the season that we're a good team. We can win games, and it's clearly not a coincidence that we've had all these injuries and suddenly we're playing bad. So it shows that we are a good team. We're just decimated with injuries. And the other thing is." Yesterday, what people have to remember is we started with two youth players and two goalkeepers on the bench. That's how bad this is. When when has a club ever had to do that? And I think what happens sometimes is we are given by do not watch Match of the Day or Sky Sports because they are not on our side. We do not fit into the mould of established elite or of plucky underdog or of oil club. We don't fit into any of these moulds. So when you're not going to get what you want from mainstream media you're just not they don't want us to win the only people that want us to win is us and we've just got to ride this out is what i'm saying but sorry al well the only reason i said because we had we had a question from slave world on twitter i said uh, i know this might be a knee-jerk reaction searching for some positives um but on yesterday's evidence lacelso bentoncourt and kuliseski or saba sumer and madison are some pretty mouthwatering midfield options for us moving forward right now mm. look 
let's let's think about the Man City game in particular. Obviously, let's assume there's not going to be any Bentoncourt and there's not going to be obviously there's not going to be any Madison. Let's assume there's no Sar either. So, Cal, what would your midfield be then against City? It's Basuma. What did I see? I saw something earlier. I saw Basuma, Lacelso, Kulusevski. Yeah, that. That that get, yeah. get, gets me going. And that's that's not bad. I, I think. Right. Yeah. Considering how good Lacelso was yesterday, Lacelso was very good yesterday. You think this is the other thing yesterday that I noticed. We looked absolutely dead on our feet after 75 minutes. And you can't because yeah, the absolutely. Lack, lack of options, the lack of options on our bench, right? When was the last time you saw a Spurs team completely like out on their feet? They haven't been because they haven't been pressing and they haven't been chasing the ball for three years. They looked like they'd, they'd had a right go. And they'd re- and they, we press. That's what I love seeing is how how high we press and how aggressive we are. We haven't been aggressive for a long time. That mid, but that midfield to answer your question now, Bissouma back. That's big now. And having that mm. suspension thing because that's been hanging over him for a, a while now. That suspension because he got sent off against Luton. He still had a suspension hanging over him. Now that's gone, and he can get what another five, ten yellow cards before it's coming again. I think we might hopefully start to see the best of him again. And then him, Lacelso, Kudasevsky, I'm I'm well up for that. This, it's a good point, Spook, in the, about the fact that we did look tired, very tired, mm. the last 20 minutes of that. So that's why I wouldn't have... I think it's so important to... If, if we're going to use Hoiberg, which obviously we have to, but it's got to be as a bench option. Because 100% agree. We, we we need that to be coming in that last twenty minutes. And look, it, it was forced upon us yesterday with what happened to Ben and Cole. Fuck Matt Cash. But oh, God, yeah. Um Yeah, we we've already talked about Matty Cash Cow, so I'm gonna I'm gonna save the fact that you'll probably libel us uh, by talking about him. So let's let's leave it there. Listen to but, know what I want to happen to him, listen to five comments um, from Patreon. Excellent. Sign up. Um I, I just think it's gonna be so important that we because we can't dip like that in the last in the last Ten minutes against City, if we've managed to keep it any re- anything relatively tight, you know. So uh, I would be the same. I would have yeah, Basuma, Lascelles, um in there together, and and just hope that that can that can do the job. Um, you know, look, it's it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough ask against City, but you can't ask much more than having a free hit at it, and and we've got to stick to what this approach is and go from there. City is not going to define the next 18 months for Tottenham. But us sticking to principles and players continuing to to work on this system and be comfortable with it will. If that means you've got to take a beating yeah. every now and then, exactly. fine. They have, Let's, a, um, they have Champions League, they have a Champions League game tomorrow, soon. No. Yeah. You know, look, it's you know, you can throw all sorts of variables in it, but it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a big ass, but we're fucking Tottenham. Dick's out, isn't it? Big dick energy. You go in there, and if 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 you end up getting a whack to the dick, then all right, you take you, you know you revert into yourself, you relax, you know have a bath or something, and come back stronger. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of um, someone who's definitely got a humongous penis, mm-hmm. uh, Mickey Van der Ven, oh. right? So Van der Ven posts a picture with like a little uh, what's it called hourglass mm-hmm. on it. Mean, means nothing. Like it doesn't it means nothing. We've had no update. It's not, it's not going to be any shorter than it is. Why the fuck did he post a picture then and get us excited? <laughs> Defend that. Yeah, I'd, it's funny how we live in an age where little things like that, little cryptic shares on social media, 
become this kind of forensic analysis for us to try and work out. Because when I saw that, and there were pictures of him at Hotspur Way training, you know, and I say training indoors, like doing like doing the, the usual exercise uh, machines and the rest of it, it was like, hold on a minute, maybe, maybe he's not going to be out for that long. Maybe he's going to be back sooner than we think. Because why else would you tease us with an hourglass? Like in 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 our, unless he just means I'll be back soon, guys. The time is ticking, time is falling, whatever sand is falling. So you know, it's just it's just us so desperate to have someone like him back in the team because you know we were just defensively we were, were so good with the two of them in the in in, in the middle of the defense, him and Romero. So yeah, it's just it's just. It is, it is what it is, right? The two months or whatever it was um, sounded so much worse than 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 it actually is. I think it, it's bad considering the teams we've got to play and the fixtures we've got coming up over the festive period. But it now feels like with all the other injuries and suspensions, you know, if someone's going to be injured now, it doesn't fucking matter because we've got practically an entire team out. So we just have to persevere. I guess a boring way to engineer your brain and recalibrate your brain. But what else can we do? You can't blame the club for not having backups in every single position that we've lost a player in. Yeah, it's, it's not even City have that much depth. Do you know what I'm saying? This would have killed. This will kill any other team in the Premier League if we lo- lost. The, if they lost the key players, we have lost. Um, on that spook, spook. On yeah, that though. Yeah, yeah. On that though, I, I agree with you. You can't have, you know, for the position that we're in. No Champions mm. League or whatever. Can we have you know two world class players in every position? No, not yet. It's fucking criminal that the club didn't sign another centre back this summer. I'm sorry, yeah. but it no, is. no, you're not. Well, look, we won't argue months. about this, mate. Yeah, we. we I, I actually do agree with you in terms of, and 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 this is where I still have doubts around the way Levy works. I know we've got new people in and player acquisitions and scouting and data and the rest of it. You know, if the, if they're allowed to do their job, great, but. The thing that worried me is at the back end of that window, deadline day, we were trying to sign that guy from Bournemouth, and it was it felt a little bit last minute. A, a little, well, of course it was last minute. It was deadline day, but it felt a little bit desperate. Like we just did, we had just decide we might need a backup centre back on the last day of the transfer window. So that still worries me a little bit. And I know some people say it worries them a lot because it's been like twenty three years of not being able to sign players. Which is a load of bollocks. We've, we've signed a lot of quality players, and we've had a lot of good teams over over the years. We just haven't had that ruthless energy about us, and we need it now. I completely agree. We need someone to come in who will be a good squad player, a solid player, a solid alternative to the two players that we've got. We're not going to be able to buy a player, or maybe we can pluck one out, but we won't be able to sign another Mickey Van Der Ven or Romero because they'll expect to play every game. But we need to be. This is where we need the pragmatism. Just just make sure we solidify the areas of the pitch where we can't afford to lose a, a, a key player. But we have lost a lot of them, right? All at the same time, which is fucking just a ridiculous implosion that we've experienced. Uh, look, that's, that's fair. I just, um, you know, I, 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 I struggle to... It, 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 it genuinely annoys me that, that we didn't sign another centre-back and people saying, oh, you know, well, we tried and it was like summer market and all the rest of it. But this has been going on, you know, we knew the whole Dyer Sanchez, you know, mess was, was. It, this has been a long time. 
So the fact that that's not happened, everything else, I agree. I'm very much long term, very positive. I haven't felt this good about Tottenham for for a long time, where I can walk away from a defeat after yesterday and be like, Do you know what, we're fucking going somewhere. It's coming. But that's the only bit. That centre half issue is the only bit that I'm like, oh, fuck Tottenham. <laughs> uh, so, you know, other than that, I think I think it's we're all of, um... I think we're all on a pretty much the same page. I, I want to ask a question, Cal. Yeah, I saw some bits and pieces about some people tweeting that they were seeing people tweet about not being happy with Postacoglu. I, I haven't seen any of that. Tell me, tell me that's bollocks. I well, I I couldn't tell you. I follow about 138 people. Most of them are wrestling or boxing people, so I really couldn't tell you. Spook follows about 2,000 people, so no, he, he is very disgusting. Much, 444. It's, it's 444. The, the fact that you you let your loneliness dictate this sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> such a prick, man. You're such a prick. I love you, but you're a prick. <laughs> but there's something a bit kind of Peckham Springs about our transfer business. <laughs> we've got this fantastic stadium, but we, nice. we're, pour, we're pouring tap water into the fancy bottle. Do you know what I mean? It's like we've got this great stadium, great training ground. It all looks fancy, but when it comes to the actually investing in the ingredients we don't we seem we, we're happy to use tap water and, and when really we should be getting something from the from the alps you know we should be we should be paying the money and you're right al we should have got another center we should have got two because we're not looking at come on let's have it right we've been all been looking at ben davies for far too long he's not a long-term center back option for us so we need two to be honest and probably two fullbacks as well Someone to cover, um, someone to go with uh, challenge destiny, and someone to challenge Poro. To be, if we're honest, in the long term, we need a whole four defenders if we're going to be in Europe next season. Even if it's not Champions League, it could we could be in Europe. But um, I don't know. It's 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 frustrating. But I've not seen anything like that, Al. But I don't. I don't follow that many people on on Spurs people on Twitter. It's nothing personal to anybody. I've just. I liked Windy. Windy always used to say, "Keep it under 150." So I've always, I always have done. That's oh, right. Like I said, I'm sure, I'm sure no one's going to be upset that you don't follow him because no, no, no one follows you either. So. No one follows me. Um, no, yeah. Well, good. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap this up because I'm, I'm. To be quite frank, I, I've got better things to do than to do what oh. Flav does, like four or five times a week. Oh, because I am. I'm in a, I'm in a Premier Inn tonight, so. Uh, little little brass. I'm, I'm gonna little, go. I'm gonna pop over the road to a brewer's fair. I'm gonna have Lovely. some uh, thrice cooked chips, uh, and then come back and 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 see if um, this telly has as Babe Station essentially. So that's my plan for the evening. So I don't know what you guys are doing, but that's that's mine. I've got better things to do. Flav will be back next week. Yeah, uh, and and he, I'm sure he'll you know say what a sterling job I've done. So this is it's all good news. So thank you for listening. Uh boys, I love you. Cal, thanks for jumping on and saving us from uh Mr. Potato Internet. We appreciate it. <laughs> nice. We'll see you next time. Bye. Later. Bye bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.